Hey, podcast people. Tony Stark here. The show is called Re-MCU. These guys had the brilliant idea to do something no one else has. Rewatch the Marvel Cinematic Universe and talk about it. Top-notch idea, fellas. Congrats. Anyway, let's see what brilliant thoughts come from this. Take it away, boys. Hey, welcome to the fifth episode of Re-MCU. I'm Jared Kingery. I'm Cody Viafania. And this is, of course, our podcast where we're, we are re-watching the Marvel Cinematic Universe film by film in the order they were released. And today's film, Cody, is one I've been looking forward to for a while since we started this show, Captain America, The First Avenger. Yeah, so this film is actually interesting to me uh, because uh, this, was the, this was my first pr- uh, posted review as a film critic. Oh, yeah, uh, really? Yeah, the first movie I ever reviewed for Cinesnob was uh, Captain America: The First Avenger. So, uh, it's, how uh, did you how did you uh, rate it back then? I believe I gave it a B, if I'm not mistaken. I'm gonna go ahead and check that while we're talking. But um, yeah, I, I I remember it was it was one of the first you know press screenings I went to on my own. I I, I for a long time I was Kiko's plus one um, <laughs> from, from, from even years prior to. Um, you know, me writing for the website when Kiko and I were just friends. And, uh, and yeah, so it was one of the first, you know, um, you know, actually it was my first official one because I also did, uh, that Sorcerer's Apprentice contest. Uh, do you remember that? No, I never so, even saw that movie. Okay. So <laughs> this is, this is a deep dive for you. So, um, uh, and I, and I will reveal a, a secret, a long, deep, dark, uh, not secret. So Uh-oh. some, uh, company wanted, uh, it was like a PR company wanted to do a contest for the Sorcerer's Apprentice where, uh, they did a film critic apprentice thing and, uh. and they wanted to have someone like come in and guest review the thing. And Kiko was kind of like, uh, eh, I don't really want to do, he knew I wanted to write reviews, but he was doing the website by himself back then. And he's like, how about you do it? And so I uh, I was selected and uh, I wrote uh, I wrote the review for the Sorcerer's Apprentice that was posted on the News Four website, and I also made a, <laughs> a guest appearance on Flickr Footnotes hosted by Cyber Bob. It was me, Cyber Bob, and Kiko. Oh, and uh, and and Bob made a comment to remember my name uh, because he thought I was a whippersnapper, and uh, that being Bob my Bob Gambert, longtime yes. friend of mine, yeah, friend of the yes. show, but friend of the show, Bob Gambert. Yeah, former uh, former um, Flickr Footnotes host before uh, you stepped in, I believe. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. There's a whole thing with Bob Polensky too. Oh right, right. Yeah. Rest in peace, Bob Polensky. But yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway. So yeah. I, uh, I I just looked. At, I gave it a B minus initially. Is what I reviewed it as um, for uh, for Sinistrov. You're always my... such a bitch. I'm such a little mean, snarky bitch. I was a little Sinistrov. You know, I was a little baby Sinistrov. <sighs> Yeah, it's 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 a it's a special movie for me because that was my first official uh, gig as a film critic. Uh, so yeah, I, I I was interested to revisit it. I, I always thought that, um, and I think I might have said this at the end of our Thor episode, but you know the first uh, the first MCU movie that felt like a true standalone movie, the first one that was sort of um, uh, related to the other films, and 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 in, and in large cases. Um, you know, connected to them, but not purely a setup film. Something that was, you know, telling the story of a character and in an origin story um, that wasn't necessarily there to also, you know, be a, a stepping stone to another one. I th- I thought. Yeah, uh, came out in two thousand eleven. 
uh, the same year as Thor, which we reviewed last episode. War continues to ravage Europe, but help is on the way. Every able-bodied young man is lining up to serve his country. Even little Timmy is doing his part, collecting scrap metal. Nice work, Timmy. Who cares? Play the movie already. Hey, you want to show some respect? <laughs> Meanwhile, overseas, our brave boys are showing the Axis powers that the price of freedom is never too high. Let's go! Get on with it! Hey, just start the cartoon! Hey, you want to shut up? Together with Allied forces, we'll face any threat, no matter the size. So this is directed by Joe Johnston who uh, directed, I believe, The Rocketeer, if you yep. remember The Rocketeer. And That's it right. seems to be a, a big kind of influence on this film. And it's the first uh, Marvel film written by uh, Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely, who would go on to write, I believe, all of the Captain America films and uh, the two most recent Avenger films, uh, Infinity War and Endgame. Yes. I don't know if and written more than that. They have. They also wrote uh, Thor The Dark World. Um, oh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. They're not all winners, but. And also, uh, fun fact that uh, a lot of people may not know is that uh, Joss Whedon did a rewrite on this film as well. Oh, yeah, back when he was uh, um, gearing up for The Avengers, which is, of course, the next film in the series. Mm -hmm. Uh, Man, isn't it weird how Joss Whedon has just sort of disappeared? Yeah, I mean, I remember, I remember they, you know, the last thing I really remember them talking about was him coming in and uh, taking over uh, Justice League, and yeah, and then that was supposed to lead to like Batgirl, which got canceled, and uh, yeah, I, you know, and Joss Whedon for for a while was sort of the the architect of the MC. He kind of like took the torch from Favreau and and, and yeah. ran with it. And then he was only there. I think. I think probably Age of Ultron kind of broke him a little bit, and then, yeah, the, and then yeah. the Russo brothers took over. And the Russo brothers have had a pretty long reign um, with with the series now. As sort of like the uh, you know, obviously Kevin Feige is up at the top, but you know, he there's always someone um, who seems to be like a like the go to creative person. Yeah, like yeah. Not just. I mean, I, I guess Kevin Feige is creative, but it, you know, the go to like director or screenwriter. I mean. Um, yeah, because because Whedon had come off like a decade of of not really doing anything before Avengers, and uh, like it was kind of a, a real big, like his real big moment. Because you know Buffy the Vampire Slayer was big, but never like massive. Yeah, he was big and- in cult circles, but never really crossed over to that. I mean, and I say that he 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 wrote a lot of really big movies, or was a credited writer on a lot of big movies, yeah, or rewriter, yeah. but like never as a filmmaker. Um, type. Well, and this know, is like people were still mourning Firefly at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Serenity came out in two thousand eight. That believe. sounds right. Yeah, uh, which kind of bombed. Uh, yeah. So it, it, again, we're talking about Avengers here, but it is interesting that how big of a part Joss Whedon played in this and Avengers, and just has kind of fell off the face of the earth when it comes to this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, let's talk about Captain America: The First Avenger. So at this point, this is the fifth film in the marvel cinematic universe and uh i i don't know if is this the last one distributed by paramount i believe it is because i I don't think that avengers is distributed by paramount if i'm not mistaken yeah i'd have to look that up um so this came the same year as thor uh the third of the uh 
set up movies for the the heroes that would constitute the big three of the Avengers. Uh, of course, Incredible Hulk is sort of a, a secondary character at this point. Um, after Thor, uh, this was uh, not directly teased, but uh, it was referenced in Iron Man 2 with uh, you spot Captain America's shield in a, in a scene where Tony Stark is building something. Um, how do you think this, uh, this, this works as a film? Um, you know, uh, you mentioned a standalone film and you think it, it, how do you think it works as a standalone intro film for, for Captain America? Well, I think, I think it works well. I think that, um, you know, I, 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 it, I, I think that if, if I'm not mistaken and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I, this is one of the first, um, like, uh, like truly, successful uh on-screen adaptations of, of of captain america um oh yeah i mean there's there's old ones that are terrible but yes. yeah yeah and, and probably other aside from from like you know the incredible hulk maybe the most well-known of the avenger group um until you get to like later years with spider-man and stuff but um, I'd, I'd say yeah i mean he's um of the secondary characters which marvel was mining at the time he was probably the the most well-known after the incredible hulk yeah and i think what 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 really sets it aside and what really gives it um you know that element of being uh, a standalone film is just and first and foremost it's 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 setting you know it it's uh, it's it's the first one that that truly takes place um, in a in a time that's that's kind of completely disconnected. I mean, it takes place in in what the it's World 40s? War Two, yeah, yeah, nineteen forty two. So, so it, you know, uh, and I think that 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 the best part about it taking place in the forties is that it, it has and, and setting it in World War Two is it has the um, it has it has some really cool looking production design. Mm-hmm. Um, where, where, uh, it, you know, it's, it's not super glossy in a lot of ways. Like the colors are kind of muted and, um, uh, and it sort of has, uh, um, kind of like a worn in feel, I think, um, to it. And, uh, and I think that it has the added benefit of having your villain sort of directly correlated and connected to Nazism, which I think kind of like really boosts that that evilness of, uh, of, of how the villains of Hydra, uh, in, in, in that kind of thing take place. So, um, I, I think that it, 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 it takes a while to get going. Um, and I think that the, the initial part of it with, with Captain America pre serum is a little bit of a drag, I, in my opinion. Um, <sighs> and I, and I think that it, it, you, your mileage of the movie kind of, um, depends on if you can, how much of the, like do goody, uh, Captain America, you know, patriotic kind of thing that you can handle. Um, I could see how it be- could become wearing or a little bit inauthentic, though I think it matches the the place and time um, pretty well in terms of like maybe attitudes towards military and patriotism and stuff like that during the 40s. Um, uh, and I think that, uh, it, and we'll get into this later, but I think Captain America is well cast. I think that Chris Evans does a really great job, and I think the ancillary characters do a great job, which we'll get into a little bit later too. Um, but yeah, I, I think that overall, um, I found myself interested in it. I think that a lot of the once he gets going and you get to see Captain America in the suit, and it becomes 
um, you know, the the sort of action and, and really for a large portion of the movie, kind of like a rescue mo- a movie with a rescue mission. Um, mm-hmm. I think that it gets it gets pretty fun and interesting in that a lot of the the design uh, of the action sequences and the, the the suit and, you know, the way that he uses the shield is pretty interesting and, and especially mixed in with kind of like the oldie time. Uh, like you know Neil McDonough's mustache and shit. Uh, <laughs> that really adds playing a playing a character named Dum Dum Dugan. If you didn't know that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I I like that. I also think that um, that Red Skull is one of the more successful villains that Marvel has had. Um, I think that Marvel throughout the years has had a villain problem where I think the the right. they were just this sort of arbitrary and uninteresting trying to take over the world type characters in, in, in a lot of these movies. And I think Red Skull represents kind of like a, a an interesting um, uh, villain with, with sort of like really sinister plans and ideas. Like the idea, like the idea of just being like more evil than, uh, than the Nazis and stuff like that. I think <laughs> it's a, an interesting thing to play off of. Um, I, I, I think that it is, I found it to be just a tad bit dull. Um, and I don't necessarily know that the the Captain America and Peggy relationship works on the level that it's supposed to, although it does set the table for a lot of stuff that pays off, especially with Avengers Endgame having to do with that. Right. Um, I, I don't I think it's maybe the weakest part of the movie. Um, but uh, all, 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 all told, it's got some really uh, funny stuff in there, too, um, before I move on, which is I, I really like the idea that you know, Captain America just becomes like a source of propaganda, basically, in recruitment of, uh, you know, mm-hmm. to the military. And, and I really like that touch. And I think it's very funny. And in kind of Captain America, you know, being a huge person and then goes out on a USO tour for the to- soldiers and is literally pelted with tomatoes. Yeah, uh, I, I like that element. So I, I found myself enjoying it. And I found myself um, uh, liking the character, though. I, I think that there's some elements that are just a touch dull in, throughout it. <clears throat> Yeah, you know, I, I I was surprised at how long it was. I don't remember it being this long. I do think that uh, the do-gooder stuff in the beginning really sets up, um, in my opinion, Steve Rogers to be the strongest character uh, of the big three that that was introduced at this time. Because I, I think that 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 you know, obviously Robert Downey Jr. as as Tony Stark is great, but the character is a little hard to love. Uh, because he's kind of an asshole, uh, and I think that's what you get with Captain America. You get like the the true do gooder hero, and you know that can be cheesy. Um, but I, I just think it's it, for whatever reason, these Captain America films have always seemed to be the best written uh, and 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 most interested in moving things forward. Um, you know, with Iron Man, we got a true origin story. Uh, with Thor, I don't think we really did. Um, and then with Captain America, I think we got probably one of the best origin stories that we've gotten in the MCU. I can't think of anything better. Um, but it did help that the, that the that the character had its roots in World War II. And from from what I understand, and this this may be uh, rumor, but uh, Wonder Woman changed its setting uh, from World War II to World War One to avoid the direct comparison hmm. to Captain America. Because hmm. um, World Wonder Woman was all the also a World War Two era creation, but yeah. Um, D- did you think this is a really quick aside? But one of the things I forgot to mention was I think that some of the special effects don't hold up so great, and I think there's some kind of shitty compositing on that. And it and it, and it but I, I watched a 4K version, so I don't know. Yeah, I I, I noticed it. Um, I mean, 
again, I feel a little. Uh, it's always a little queasy to to talk about like stuff like that, you know, as time goes on, because the movie's nine years old already, and I, I think it I think it does the job. Nothing looks terrible, but you can tell like there's a lot of like retro futurism in it, um, especially at like the World's Fair scene where uh, Rogers gets recruited into the Captain America program thing. That looks just like you can see that they're standing in front of a green screen. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it's distracting enough. And I think the design of that set is, um, you know, virtual set, I guess, is is particularly interesting. And I thought it looked really great. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I see what you mean. There's, I don't think there's bad special effects. It's just bad compositing. And that's one of those things that, that happens even in the best films and I don't know why. I don't know why compositing seems to be the one thing that always mars movies. What do you think about the visual style of it? Because I think it had, it had it's the first one for me, um, other than the, you know the Dutch angles that Kenneth Branagh used in um, in Thor, that has a very distinct visual style. And I think something that maybe Joe Johnston may have pulled from, you know, just the the, art, the artistic nature of the Rocketeer. Well, yeah, I mean Joe Johnston is a is a longtime effects guy too. I mean he was he was a uh, He's a like an old Lucasfilm um, guy too, but uh, I think that that the style was definitely something that 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 was um, uh, really stood out to me. As I mentioned, the kind of retro futurism design of stuff. I don't think that anything got too um, distracting in the design for me and the look. I, I really liked the Earth tones. I think it's weird to say, but even like Captain America's like final costume, which is uh you know, kind of a, a geared up version of the, the one he was wearing on the USO tour. Like it's weirdly muted. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It, it's blue and red, of course, but it's got some like earth tones in it that, that I really love the look of. And it makes me hate the Avengers costume. He wore even more. That's probably the worst uh, character switch uh, costume switch they made. Um, but I do think it's, uh, I do think it's uh, uh probably the the best looking film so far in the series in the marvel cinematic universe um you know that 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 some of the special effects and compositing don't necessarily pass the test now on a 4k tv i I think is you know it's forgivable but i i just i love the way this looked and i think that um like the the big giant car um that red skull drives is great um, I love the big giant flying wing. That's the part of the climax. Um, just the d- design of it overall is that weird sort of, um, you know, World's Fairish, World War Two stuff that 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 um, you know, obviously the Rocketeer was was a big, you know, had had a lot of and and some other things. Uh, I'm thinking like um, uh, the I don't know. Did you see Dumbo last year? No, I missed it. Okay, there's, uh, it's not a great film, but there's a scene, like, at a fair at the end of it that has the same vibe. It's just a, a kind of cool, like, like uh, you know, 1960s view of the future sort of thing that, that I really, I really like in films. I, I guess you'd call it Art Deco, but a little more, a little more uh, snazzed up. Um, but th- I do believe, also, this is the first film that's kind of express- expressly, uh, or explicitly had one of the uh, Infinity Stones in it that played right. a big part in it, um, that being the Tesseract or the uh, so-called Space Stone. It was in Thor, too, right? Uh, Thor, Thor, I should say Thor as well. <laughs> uh, 
Um, I, I think that was a, um, uh, like a dummy, wasn't it? I don't I know that. I don't remember that. I don't remember the chain of command in it, but it's the first one that played like a big sort of MacGuffin role. Mm-hmm. Um, even though they weren't really chasing it, it did sort of propel all the, the plot forward with the, the weaponry and all the other stuff that Red Skull was, was doing. Um, but yeah, it's the first kind of uh, taste of that bigger Infinity Stone saga that we saw culminate with Infinity War and Endgame. I was uh, I was kind of surprised. I did not remember how much uh, of like Howard Stark was in the movie. I was oh yeah, I had forgotten about that. Yeah, and you know another thing I meant to mention earlier with the with the setting, um, it's very violent. Yeah, like there's a lot of uh, shooting deaths in this. Um, and it's almost like a, I mean, it's not graphic or anything, but it, I mean, lots of people get shot and blown up and stuff, uh, more so than anything else. This is probably the, the last of the real, like real world, um, elements of it. Cause I remember we talked about, uh, the first Iron Man when we watched it again, how it was very set, uh, like in the, the war on terror era, uh, era, and that it was very informed by that. And it seemed very real that way, but then as it's moved on, it's sort of the last, like, the, you know, there's less and less of that. Now it's, you know, space lasers and shit, but yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of people just get shot and it's, it's kind of crazy to see. Uh, and I had forgotten about that. Look at that. He's making me cry. I am looking for qualities beyond the physical. Do you know how long it took to set up this project? Yeah, All the groveling I had to do in front of Senator What's-His-Name's committees. Yes, I know. I am well aware of your efforts. Then throw me a bone. Hodge passed every test we gave him. He's big, he's fast, he obeys orders, he's a soldier. He's a bully. You don't win wars with niceness, doctor. You win wars with guts. Get away! Get back! Is this a test? He's still skinny. So what did you think of the casting? Uh, this is the, the 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 second crack for Chris Evans in a superhero role, superhero role, uh, after those Fantastic Four movies. Did you ever see those? I've seen bits and pieces of them. I don't know that I've ever... I, I might have seen the first one. He is uh, the best part of them, but yeah. uh, this is a be- much better... Um, much better showcase for him. What did you think of the casting all around? Well, you know, Chris Evans was an interesting pick because um, I think that, you know, at, at this at this point in time, um, the thing that I knew him from uh, the most was, um, was not another teen movie. That's the only thing that I <laughs> could remember him from at that time. You know, he yeah. was in a couple good other good movies. He was in uh, Sunshine, the Danny Boyle um, sci-fi movie. And right before he did this, um, he did uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Um uh, a favorite of mine and, and not so much favorite of yours. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, he uh, also apparently he played Casey Jones in the animated TMNT movie. Oh, yeah. He voiced uh, Casey Jones along with Sarah Michelle Geller voicing April O'Neil. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so the other choices, by the way, who were in the running uh, for Captain America, uh, which I, I kind of like to go over because I think it's funny. Yeah. Uh, I like this one. Yeah. So the, the choices uh, are also in the running uh, were uh, John Krasinski. Yes. Was in the running, uh, as well as um, yeah, uh, Ryan Phillippe was the other one who was uh, up for the role. Um, 
and I and I feel like that was probably good casting <laughs> to land on Chris Evans because uh, I think he really captures like the um, you know like the do gooder. Uh, I, I think I think his character has the best evolution of any character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe from you know from from you know Iron Man onto Avengers Endgame. Uh, he yes. has the best arc in evolution and story. Um, you know especially when they kind of split him and in, in, in Tony Stark up into two factions and start to pit them against each other, which really starts in the Avengers uh, when you think about it. But um, I, I love how they become antagonistic. So I think that. Um, uh, Chris Evans as as uh, as as Captain America really works. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I like him a lot, and I do agree with you. I think he's again the for whatever reason the Captain America character got to be the best written because I think Tony Stark's motivation changes from movie to movie, but I think you really have a through line with uh, Evans as um, as Captain America. You know, going from this do gooder to Avenger to you know disillusion to finally you know essentially war criminal. Um, uh, and I, I think they finally got Thor to be once Thor, they settled on Thor being funny that really cemented that character. But I think Chris Evans, I think Captain America was, 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 was the one that was best right out of the gate. Um, how did you like Tommy Lee Jones? He has a really big role in this that I had forgotten was so big. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I think Tommy Lee Jones is kind of the MVP of the movie in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. And and it's funny because he's not really doing anything different than Tommy Lee Jones has ever done. <laughs> I, 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 exactly. It is it is very on the note. I mean, really, Tommy Lee Jones only has. I mean, in recent years at least, has only has real like one speed. Um, but it's almost always great. Uh, and so uh, yeah, I, I think he's great. He's the perfect you know. Um, the perfect casting for a military leader and, and super sarcastic. And, and he's, there's that one scene, uh, when, uh, you know, Captain America is about to go, I think, uh, he's chasing after someone. And I think he's about to get on a plane or something or a spaceship or something <laughs> yes. like that. And it's the, it's the big flying wing thing from the climax. Yes. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So, and so he, 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 um, he kisses Peggy before he's about to leave. And then he kind of makes eye contact with Tommy Lee Jones. And he's like, I'm not going to kiss you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's a great a, line. This is a really funny line and a great delivery from Tommy Lee Jones. And and so um, I think honestly, I do think he's the MVP of the movie where I think that he's, you know, he's got this really funny thing where he doesn't want to give the serum to Captain America uh, and, uh, or Steve Rogers at that time. Um, and, uh, and, and sort of has to, you know, bite his tongue and, and kind of eat crow a couple times throughout the movie. And I think that, uh, he handles that really well. And, and I, and I really like that character. I, I kind of wish we would have saw more of him throughout the MCU. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, so what about, uh, you've got, uh, um, uh, Hugo Weaving as Red Skull, uh, who incidentally, um, Though Red Skull does reappear in uh, Endgame, is not played by Hugo Weaving. Right? Yeah. Um, I, I like I said before, I, I truly do think that Red Skull is one of the better uh, villains in the MCU. You know, most most movies have villains in them, and uh, and if not all of them, I, I don't have the can't really you know think about it every one by one. But um, I would suspect Wait. that they all have villains. Yeah. Yeah. Of course they do. So I think if you if you take away and you have like you know, a, you know, what, a dozen and a half villains throughout every movie. I think that he would rank in the top five for me, I think. Um, and I, and I, and I think that, 
like Hugo Weaving's a, a great actor, and I think he brings a lot of it's it's one of the more grounded feeling um, villains to me, especially like you said, like I said before, it, you know, rooted in its parallels to to Nazism, and 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 he you know feels like a really <laughs> kind of dangerous character, um, and I and I and I feel uh, like the visual of Red Skull, even though it kind of looks shitty in 4K, um, I think is a is a is a really cool and, and honestly. Uh, kind of disturbing looking villain. I, I think he kind of looks scary. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. It's, um, it's a very visually striking character and to having him be like, uh, um, for him being a, uh, like worse than Hitler sort of Nazi is, is, is pretty real world for this series at this point. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought he was, I thought he was great. Um, I kind of wish we got a little more of his story and how he became the, you know, there, there's a little left out in there, I think, with the the whole uh, his interaction with Stanley Tucci's character. But uh, I, I think he's I think he's yeah, I think he's top five villain for sure in the MCU. Uh, so uh, this also introduces Haley Atwell, who plays uh, Peggy Carter, who has a couple of uh, uh, film appearances, but notably had her own TV show that I never saw called Agent Carter. Um, how yeah. did you like that? Agent Carter certainly has um, its fan, or its fans. You know, I, I think that um, I heard uh, it was great. I, I've just never seen it. Yeah, yeah, I heard the same. Um, I, I like, I like that character. Um, like I said, I feel like the, I feel like the character of Peggy sort of, um, it, it is better. It exists better as a standalone character um, versus the way that it works within the relationship between her and Steve, I think. So I kind of like her as a character on her own more than I like the storyline and where it takes her to develop that relationship. Not that it's not authentic, because I think that it is authentic and they build it authentically. I just don't know that it really, um, it's really as effective as it, as it is intended to be. But her as a character, I, I, I kind of, I really like, and I sort of like the fact that she's kind of not intimidated by anyone. And I especially like the fact that she's not intimidated in, you know, as a woman in a man's, in a, like a male dominated um, surroundings. Yeah. And I think um, with her, they, uh, this is probably the first best female character they've had in like the climax of the situation. Cause like in, uh, <laughs> we talked about Iron Man. Uh, um, Gwyneth Paltrow's uh, Pepper Potts sort of turns into like a damsel in distress, and then uh, in Thor, Natalie Portman just sort of stands around and watches him leave. That um, mm-hmm. she's like part of the action, I think, is is a nice touch um, for a fe- you know a, a strong female character in these films, which they do get better, not great, but they do get better. Uh, yeah, I, I'm really curious to see. I, I'd like to see Agent Carter. I assume it's streaming somewhere, uh, just because I, I like the character so much, and I'd kind of forgotten that that she was such a big part of it. Um, you know, you know her from you know being Cap's love interest that he's been pining over for seventy years, but uh, seeing her in action was was something I'd kind of forgotten that she she did so much of. Uh, so also moving on, um, this also introduces Sebastian Stan as Bucky. Uh, who would later become the Winter Soldier? Uh, how did you like that? I, I didn't feel like there was a lot to him in this film. No, to start I, off with. Yeah, I think Bucky is sort of a nothing character in the grand scheme of things because I think we only really see him, um, in the beginning, and then he's sort of, you know, spoiler alert, uh, disposed of pretty 
pretty quickly thereafter he's rescued. So I, I really don't I really don't think that there's a lot for him to do. And I think that's kind of why um uh the Winter Soldier uh storyline is 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 sort of like a um almost like a rescuing of that character because I really don't think that there's anything you know, you get the sense that they're close, but even when they're kind of like uh like pals and stuff when like when he's rescued by him you know when he's getting beat up or whatever I, I don't think you ever get the sense that him and steve are like close friends like it doesn't feel like you know they're they're you know steve is like gutted by the loss of bucky and and you know in in future you know movies it's almost as if bucky is like his brother you know and and i just never really got that because because like even when they're out with girls and stuff it just it, it i don't know it's just something rings false about it and i don't think that's any fault of sebastian stan i just feel like uh bucky is a pretty thinly written character yeah uh there's there's sort of the seeds planted because apparently uh um uh you know when when you see uh when you when you're reintroduced to Bucky through in the second half of the film, when Rogers is already Captain America, he rescues him from the Armin, Arnim Zola character to play by Toby Jones, who we'll talk about in a second. Um, he, I guess, he's getting the beginnings of the winter of the procedure done, right? Um, so the, it's a little confusing as to what's going on there. Uh, yeah, I, he is kind of a nothing character at this point. Uh, it's 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 one of the the clearest senses of table setting i think this film has um which is it's kind of delightfully doesn't have a lot of it but uh bucky for sure being the the one that's definitely um you know like this is meant for another movie so tune in next time i don't know if you you've ever heard this but uh that was kind of bucky coming back to life in the comic books was one of those things that was never going to happen like it was talked about for so long that the character was going to stay dead because he was so hated, mm-hmm. but then they resurrected him at some point in the nineties and then it was all oh, wow. over. I didn't know that. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, Toby Jones as uh, Arnim Zola, uh, this is his first appearance. I believe he appears again in uh, the winter soldier um, inside a computer. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the sort of uh, shrunken version of Philip Seymour Hoffman is how I like to think of him. <laughs> is that because they both played Truman Capote? They in did. Yeah, that's, that's, that is true. Um, yeah. How did you, how did you like him? I, I was a, an ancillary character that I didn't, I mean, he was just a, you know, I, I like Toby Jones as an actor, but I think a lot of yeah. times it feels like he's acting. And I think that this is an example of him kind of, you know, feeling like he's a, a bit of a ham, uh, yeah. Uh, in that role i it, it was to me it didn't really make a lasting impact one way or another yeah um and then then, then there's some other people like we mentioned neil mcdonough as uh dum dum dugan uh derek luke as another one of uh rogers uh, um howling commandos as it were um uh, and then uh uh stanley tucci small uh fairly small role but but instrumental and then dominic cooper as howard stark yeah uh, real quickly i i i, th- I really like stanley tucci um yeah. in that role. I think he's great. And I and I almost wish that um I feel more I would I would have felt more of a connection had had Steve been distraught over his death than I I almost think that that his death in the movie is like not really enough like a, a source of motivation for Steve where I think it probably should have been. I think they could have mined something out of that because I think that the connection that they have is 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 stronger than the one that he and Bucky have. To be honest with you, 
Yeah, yeah, I I agree too. But yeah, he's kind of disposable. Um, what did you? Let's let's go to Dominic Cooper now as the biggest sort of character that plays a role in this. Uh, he plays Howard Stark, who uh, first appeared in Iron Man Two, played by um, um, shit. What is his name? Fuck, um, John Slattery. Yes. Uh, uh, so this is kind of the uh, the young, uh, you know, Tesla ish uh, Howard Stark. I think. Um, how, how do you, do you think that works in for the character? It seems like it's just another Tony Stark reboot. Or like another version of Tony Stark. Well, I think it, it it works in the sense that like I think it works in the sense that later on you saw John Slattery in the role because I think mm-hmm. with with Dominic Cooper it is sort of a, a clone of 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 Tony Stark in, in which he's sort of like a like a like an arrogant kind of yeah. uh, know it all kind of thing. And I think that in later in later appearances of John Slattery you see like a more mature Howard Stark. Um, and I think that 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 kind of suits the role a little bit better because again you see, you know I, I think I think without the context of that you kind of just see like a retread of 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 what Tony Stark is is and, and supposed to be and I don't really know that it adds much to the lore of that especially because at this point in time, you know Tony Stark is not alive or even like <laughs> not like a child at home or something like that so it just it just sort of feels like um, again maybe some some points of reference as opposed to being a character. I mean, I was surprised by again, how much Howard Stark was in the movie. Um, and I think that he's got some parts, especially there's, there's a, there's sort of like a subplot line of, you don't know whether or not Peggy and Howard Stark are, uh, what's the term they use Get, getting fondue or whatever. Fondueing. Yeah. Fondueing. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that it's, it's too much of a, like you said, a retread of the Tony Stark archetype that I don't know that, it's yeah. successful. Go. Who's strong and brave here to save the American way? Not all of us can storm a beach or drive a tank, but there's still a way all of us can fight. Who wants to fight like the man for what's right and Series E defense bonds. Each one you buy is a bullet in the barrel of your best guy's gun. Who will campaign door to door for America? Carry the flag toward the shore for America. From Hoboken to Spokane. The star-spangled man, be the flag. Cut. Don't look at the camera. Is a bullet in the barrel of your best guy's gun. And we mentioned the effects sort of not being up to snuff at some points, but overall as a film, how do you think it holds up? Well, I think it holds up well. And I think that it's at this point in time, you know, ranking number two behind Iron Man um, as, as the best of the movies so far, in my opinion. Um, so I, I think that, 
it, it holds up well. I think that the action sequences are great. I think there's a lot of really funny stuff, especially when you get to, you know, I, I love the, se- the, the, you know, the series of events that goes from, you know, Captain America using, being used as like a recruiting tool to kind of, you know, wanting to really step up and actually do something and, and go on that rescue mission. I think that that chunk of the movie is really great. Um, and, yeah. uh, and, and I think it gets, it, it gets better once that gets going. Um, like I said, I do, it, it is long and it does feel long. Um, and I, and I think that it drags just a tad bit and I think it's a bit, a, a little bit dull. Um, but that being said, I think as an origin story, it's, it's successful. It feels like a standalone film. I love that it, it's a movie that kind of takes place in the forties. That's so far removed from everything else around it. Um, you know, other movies might take place in different, you know, planets or whatever but this is the one that feels wholly different because it's taking place in a different a different world altogether because it's 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 taking place you know decades and decades prior so um i think it's it's solid i don't i don't know that it you know i I will be interested to look back at it in the grand scheme of the mcu and see where it ranks i imagine somewhere towards the middle of the pack um but i think that it's solid and i think it's a it's a it's a good um you know i think we both were a little bit surprised that thor was better than we thought it was i do think it is a step up from thor for sure yeah and i i think it it, it's um i don't think my opinions changed of it in the nine years since it was released it was my favorite then it's still of these released now it's still my favorite i think iron man's probably uh the flashier choice but I think this is the most competent and well put together entry so far, personally. And I think it's got just the right amount of hinting towards something in the future and telling its own story. Uh, I, I don't think that there's it's not burdened with kind of being a, a middling chapter like Thor, where you're not really sure. Um, you know, it's it's time is split so much between Earth and Asgard. It doesn't really uh, seem to kind of come together until near the end. Um, you know, I do think it's, um, again, as I've mentioned several times already, I do think cap is captain America is the, probably the most solid of these original three, uh, big three Avengers. And I don't think that's going to change anytime soon in my perception. Um, but, uh, it doesn't, um, it doesn't seem to be, uh, be, it doesn't seem to have, have lost anything over time to me. And I, I don't know that, that other films will hold up even that well at all. Um, I don't think we've had something that's been bad yet. I think Incredible Hulk is probably the worst. I mean, obviously, Incredible Hulk is the worst one so far we've watched. But even that one held up okay. Um, it had a very different take, though, on the Hulk lore that I think that Marvel ended up with. But yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it. I personally, I think it holds up great, and I, I don't think it's changed. My opinion hasn't changed of it at all. It is longer than I remembered, but I know that these these movies are only getting longer. So yeah, and that's a trend that's not going away anytime soon. <laughs> Fondue's just cheese and bread, my friend. Really? I didn't think. Nor should you, pal. The moment you think you know what's going on in a woman's head is the moment your goose is well and truly cooked. Me, I concentrate on work, which at the moment is about making sure you and your men do not get killed. Carbon polymer should withstand your average German bayonet, although uh, I'm just not going to attack you with a pocket knife. I hear you're uh, kind of attached. It's handier than you might think. I took the liberty of coming up with some options. This one's fun. She's been fitted with electrical relays that allow you to... What about this one? No, no, that's just a prototype. What's it made of? Vibranium. 
is stronger than steel and a third the weight. It's completely vibration absorbent. How come it's not a standard issue? That's the rarest metal on earth. What you're holding there, that's all we've got. You quite finished, Mr. Stark? I'm sure the captain has some unfinished business. What do you think? Yes, I think it works. So other movies it was up against in 2011. Obviously, we mentioned Thor. Uh, some other films, we talked about this on Thor, but it's been a while, so we'll we'll rehash them. Uh, X-Men First Class is a movie I remember really liking at the time, and I don't, again, I don't know how that's going to age for me. Yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting that, it's interesting uh, to look at that film and see how uh, Jennifer Lawrence became a huge star, like right after it was released, and they kind of had to keep working her into that X-Men universe. Yeah, uh, even though her character had no really real reason to be in, at least in Apocalypse or um, Dark Phoenix at all. Uh, yeah, I I don't all I remember about uh, X Men uh, First Class um, really liking was the the short uh, Hugh Jackman cameo. Oh, I love tells, that. That's yeah. Uh, <laughs> it tells him to fuck off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, uh, Green Lantern, which we talked about before, which is a god awful film. That you've never seen, right? I've never seen Green Lantern. No. Uh, also, uh, yeah, we won't, you know, we don't need to talk about it anymore. It's terrible. Uh, also on the list is Green Hornet, yes. which I believe you did see. I did uh, see that one. Yeah, Michelle Gondry, um, uh, of course, uh, starring Seth Rogen. Um, I, it's such a weird thing that I don't. I, I still don't know who that movie was for. Uh, yeah, it's uh shit. I I mean, I know that we talked a lot about it on the last one, but it's 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 one of those movies that feels like as it passed hands it sort of lost its meaning completely. Yeah. Or either that or like um this was the main vision that was sort of uh that was being threatened by Stephen Chow or whatever happened. I don't know. It's it is a confounding movie. It's super weird. Yeah, uh and then the the last one we'll mention is something I've actually never um never seen but i've heard batshit things about it is ghost rider spirit of vengeance oh uh, I've, I've never seen the ghost rider movies because i heard how awful they were i saw the first one and it's terrible um <laughs> it's got first of all it's got one of my favorite like terrible scenes in a movie in it um so if you know the the premise is uh um nicholas cage plays um a character named uh, johnny blaze and uh, he's like imbued with this demon spirit or something that makes him the ghost rider. So it lights his head on fire and he gets this flaming motorcycle. And in the film, the first film, he meets up with um, Sam Elliott, who plays like an older version of the ghost rider. Um, <laughs> and so like they uh, like to, to head up to the climax, they they ride across the desert so like Sam Elliott's character like rides a flaming horse. It's it's kind of badass looking, <laughs> and they go to confront the uh, confront the villain played by Wes Bentley, by the way, of American wow. Beauty fame. Yeah, well, have you heard that name in in <laughs> twenty years? Um, so they they ride across the desert and they get to like the outskirts of this town or wherever where it's happening, and then Sam Elliott's character goes like, "Well, that used up all my power. I gotta go." Basically, <laughs> it's like, what the fuck. Why'd you come? <laughs> anyway, uh, so Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance is a sequel 
that uh, was directed by um, the uh, Crank guys, if I'm oh, not mistaken. Oh, Neville Dean and Taylor. Yeah. Um, and uh, actually co-stars Idris Elba uh, as a um, as a as like a French uh, uh, secret agent or something. Or no, a French uh, secret religious organization. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Lambert's in it. Um, I mean, it, it seems batshit crazy. This was the one where they went rated R, right? Uh, I don't know. That's a oh, good no, they, question. I guess they didn't. Yeah, there was a Punisher that was rated R. Oh, dude, that movie's fucking nuts. Have you ever seen it? Which, the first one or the Warzone? Uh, Punisher Warzone. No, I never That did. movie is... We, I hope that someday maybe we'll cover it on the show as a, as a yeah. bonus feature. That movie is insane. <laughs> is that... Uh, Am I thinking of Tra- Travolta's in the first one, right? Or is it the second one? Uh, Travolta's in the first. There's not like no big stars in the second one, if oh, I'm that's not mistaken. Right. Yeah, because the first one is Thomas Jane. Um, but I think uh, Punisher Warzone was the first um, like big wide release uh, superhero film directed by a woman. Yeah, that was uh, Lexi Alexander directed that. Of, yeah. Uh, of. Um, I knew her from making Green Street Hooligans, uh, an Elijah Wood uh, soccer yes. movie with Charlie Hunnam. Yes, yeah, yeah. I, I've heard of it. I've never seen it, but there's apparently a Green Street Hooligans too. By the way, I saw that. Yeah, I Green Street Hooligans was a movie that I loved prior to me like really taking movies seriously, and I'm always <laughs> really afraid to rewatch it because I, I I'm afraid that it really doesn't hold up. But as as a teenager, like when I was like. Th- you know 14 or 15 i really like that movie it's like everybody that i knew that loved um um boondock saints yeah yeah, yeah. exactly like that yeah uh so yeah i've never seen it um um but yeah that's another one that came out in 2011 uh then there was a few animated films but we won't get into those so um i i still think uh, uh captain america is probably the uh top superhero film of the year it's not a big competition um, it's going to be just between that and Thor. Right. Um, and X-Men First Class, I remember really liking at the time, but again, I don't, those movies don't age well, and I'm mm-hmm. really hesitant to revisit it. sleeping you here with a mission sir I am trying to get me back in the world trying to save it now this stinger uh, I was probably uh, I think is probably one of the more disappointing ones yes for sure uh, as it doesn't really seem to add anything uh, to the film like it seems like a recap of what we just saw at the end of the film. Yeah, uh, well, it's a it's a scene, a very short scene from the Avengers. The oh, the the boxing gym thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, and then it's followed up by a, a like a teaser for the Avengers. The Avengers. Yeah. By the way, uh watching this on Disney Plus, it was really hard to watch this fucking uh stinger 
because of the the where it's oh, like started pitching me to a, another film. Yeah, you had to re you had to watch the credit like navigate to watch the credits. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It was a real pain in the ass. Um, Which, by the way, I can't tell you how great it is to have these movies on Disney Plus and just be able to oh, watch them in four K. Yeah. yeah. No, it's great. Um, but yeah, watching it, having to to go back and watch that, I was really I, I didn't remember the stinger at all, and watching it, I was really disappointed in how lame it was. Yeah. It's and it's and it's only like a like a 45 second scene too it's it's a it's a bunch of nothing tagged uh with a teaser tagged on yeah it's it's basically uh samuel jackson's nick fury um approaching uh steve rogers as he's boxing and knocks a like knocks a heavy bag off the the rack and asking him to join the avengers which i thought already happened uh in that final scene i kind of thought that's what that was all about but anyway yeah then there's a preview of the avengers which is strange to see now when that thing hadn't come out yet, how big a deal that was. You think you're the only hero in the world? Gentlemen, you're up. I mean, swing. All right, so that wraps up Captain America, the first Avenger, which, of course, uh, that first Avenger title was the title of the film outside of the U.S. because they figured no one would give a shit about Captain America. Yeah, they actually flipped it. It was supposed to be the original title of the movie, and then they flipped it last minute. Well, maybe not yeah. last minute, but they flipped it to be... And I think it was originally going to be the first Avenger, Captain America, and then they turned it around. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. I wonder if that would be the case now, like if they would ever... Because I, I, I assume they didn't do that with uh, Winter Soldier and Civil War. Yeah, I, don't, I doubt it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so next up is The Avengers, yeah. which... Um, was a real high watermark at the time. And it's actually a film I haven't revisited in a long time. Um, the first Avengers film. I watched it about a year ago. Um, you know, it, it so this is going to, this is actually one of my, I'm really looking forward to this and watching it. And I mean, I watched it, I didn't like intently watch it. It was on and I was sort of like watching it in the background. But, you know, this is a movie that, I mean, made both of our top 10 lists that year. Yeah, uh, it was a movie that that I always saw, especially when I saw it as like a like a like a miracle of a movie, like it's something that should not have worked on paper, something that I thought leading up to it was going to be a clusterfuck of, you know, too many characters, too many, you know, too many storylines and sort of like 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 Joss Whedon pulling off a miracle that somehow tied everything together in a way that, you know, my memory of it is that it's like like super funny and super fun um, yeah. and, and like just like a whip smart screenplay. Um, so I, I, I mean, I, I look back on it fondly and, 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 and honestly, if I'm, if I'm being uh, true to myself um, at this point in time, um, one of the best comic book movies ever made in, in, in my estimation back when I first saw it. Yeah. I, I'm, 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 uh, I'm hoping it holds up to the to the memory I have of it because um, it was a, it was a good time. Um, yeah, so that's going to be next. Um, you can go listen to our past episodes. 
where we talk about Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Incredible Hulk, and Thor. Um, you can listen to us also with our other podcasts, plural now. Um, we have the uh, the original flagship Cinesnob podcast where Cody and I review uh, new films. Of course, right now, um, if you're listening to this currently uh, in uh, April of 2020, we are in quarantine because of the coronavirus. Um, who knows when um, that'll be lifted? If hopefully, uh, if you're listening to this in, like later in the year, it's already been done, or otherwise, we're all uh, in <laughs> Mad Max times. Um, we've also got another podcast uh, that we just started uh, during the quarantine. We're calling it Quarant Stream, where Cody and I uh, pitch films to some of our uh, more uh, famous friends mm-hmm. uh, and try to get them to watch a, a film that that we've seen. And then uh, they pitch us a film that we haven't seen. So uh, our first episode features uh, comedian Jerry Rocha. Uh, Cody and I pitch him um, some film ideas, and uh, he's going to pick from one of them. And he pitches us a film that we've never seen. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It was, either way, it was a great conversation. Yeah. Uh, no, even it's... if you don't like the movies, it was a great conversation. Yeah, and and the other thing that we do with that show uh, is um, is we we kind of get into the nuts and bolts of you know what it's like being an entertain in the entertainment industry during quarantine and you know um, you know how to adapt and adjust to you know you know these people not being able to do what they do best. So uh, I, I think I you know I like I, like Jared said I think that it's uh, it's great conversation and I'm really looking forward to getting it out there in the world. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you can find that uh, wherever you download podcasts. Also, if you want to reach us, uh, you can email us at podcast at cinesnob.net. Find us on Twitter at cinesnob, Facebook cinesnob critic. Uh, also, Cody's. Uh, also, we uh, we we talked to Jerry Rocha. We mentioned him earlier. Uh, Cody is part of his podcast now, The Ramble. Yeah, uh, a weekly podcast, right? Weekly? A week, week. Well, it's really with the supplemental episodes. There's three per week, but it's uh, yeah, it's Look just at you. Yeah, it's just sort of a bullshitting, uh, you know, chatting about. It's it's a difficult show for me to be on because I'm with two stand up comedians who are you know who are in the same room with each other and I'm on a computer just trying to find a word edgewise, but it's, it's really fun to be on. And it's a, it's uh it's a really fun. And it's, it's more like it's, if you listen to this show and you're into things like comic books or video games or something like that, it's a good like geeky podcast too to listen to. How do you hang if you don't know the po- uh, comic book stuff? Well, I, 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 a lot of it is, is humor at that expense. Um, okay, good. But also we talk a lot about music and sports and stuff too, which I can kind of yeah. dig into. Gotcha. Uh, also, you can find uh, uh, my work on uh, thehardtimes.net. Uh, if you don't know, The Hard Times is sort of a punk rock version of The Onion. Uh, I've got a few stories on there. Um, they're all satirical news, so don't take them seriously, please. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, they didn't really shut down the production on Lego Masters because some jerk stuck all the flat pieces together. <laughs> and, uh, and, and Rick Moranis really isn't looking to fuck. <laughs> yeah, Rick Moranis really isn't back to fuck. Oh man, uh, yeah, still one of the one of the cra- one of the stupidest things that's ever come out of my head, and it, it got picked up as a bitch. Uh, yeah, uh, anything else before we wrap this up, Cody? 
No, it's. Uh, I, I think that these are going to be coming out at a more frequent clip at this point. Now that we are uh, quarantined, this is <laughs> yeah, the first lockdown. One. We're, we're locked down, and I think we're also getting into some movies that I, I feel like the MCU kind of takes a turn post Avengers, um, yeah. where where almost everything is of high quality. Um, and actually, you know, this will be the end of Phase One officially, right? I believe Phase One ends with Avengers. So yeah, yeah, Phase One ends with Avengers. So uh, listen for that next. All right. Uh, thanks for listening. I'm Jared Kingery. I'm Cody Viafania. 